Hello and welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep our history alive at the local level. I'm Dale Jarvis. And I'm Tara Barrett. And we're back with uh, a kind of a, a summer update, I guess. That's what I'm going to call this episode, the summer update and request for help. <laughs> Information. <laughs> information. Because um, we have a couple different projects we're going to be working on over the summer. And uh, so we thought we'd go over some of those and then j- just put the put the word out there and see what see what people can remember about some of these places that we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're doing two separate projects that we'll talk about today. One is in Bay Roberts. One is in St. John's. We're going to start off with Tara. And then we'll introduce you to our new uh, researcher who's going to be working on our St. John's space project. Um so to start off with, we, we've talked a little bit about Bay Roberts on the show in the past. Tara's nodding her head, which yes. doesn't translate well on radio. But <laughs> yes, yes, we have. Yes, <laughs> uh, we have. And we just a couple episodes ago, we had um, we had some audio with Margaret Iad and Sandra Roach from uh, from Bay Roberts talking about uh, some of the places that they remember. Um, the Bay Roberts, I guess, Heritage Committee, the Heritage Committee of Town Council, um, uh, has been working on some new heritage designations for the community. And that's kind of how this project started, um, talking with Marilyn Daw out there about uh, the, the places that they could conceivably designate. We may have talked about New Perlican's designated places on the podcast before. They've been designating some great things like a whole... Yeah, maybe we should uh, explain <laughs> what we mean by designation, yeah. specifically, I guess, community designation. Yeah, so uh, under the Municipalities Act, communities here in Newfoundland and Labrador can designate buildings, structures, or lands that have um, historical or cultural significance. So we often think of those as being heritage buildings, you know, a building that is of you know a certain age and a certain architectural style that has a plaque on it. Um, but you can actually designate other things, and lots of communities have designated things that aren't necessarily buildings. So, for example, um, the town of St. Lawrence has designated their soccer field because they're crazy about soccer in, <laughs> in, uh, in St. Lawrence. They have a historic soccer field. And um, New Perlican, as I was saying, has designated a hole where men used yes. to <laughs> gather. I think it was a, like a just kind of a, a little spot on someone's land where the men would gather. And it was like an indent in the in the land, so they kind of all gathered yeah, around a there. Natural <laughs> amphitheater, and they would kind of sit there and gossip. Um, and so places like that, Peter's Finger, I think, was one of the other sites, which is um, a spot, uh, kind of this high promontory that looks down over the community over Vitters Cove and. Um, is linked to legends about Peter Easton. And pirates, yeah. Pirates. pirates gold. That's where the pirates gold is. That's what they say. Uh, the people in Winterton might disagree because that's <laughs> where the gold is over there, I think, on Sugarloaf. Anyway, we, we, we talked about uh, pirates with Katie Crane a, a couple episodes ago as well. Uh, so we are working with Bay Roberts now uh, to look at some of these sites of you know, of historical or or cultural interest. Some of them are places that still exist, and some of them are uh, uh, places that exist in people's memories of the area. Um, there was a folklore field school there a couple years ago now. That was summer 2017. 20, 2017, yeah. And uh, they had done some research, you know, interviewing people about various places. Uh, as this kind of all kind of grows out of that project, I guess, in some way. We've been working with the town of Bay Roberts for a, a couple of years on, on various things. So this is the next, the next little bit. So 
we had done a, num- a number of sessions with locals out that way to talking about things that mattered to them, places that stuck out in their memory. And they came up with this great big, I don't even know how many things were on that list. Oh, like, that first list. There was something first, like, wasn't there like a hundred? A hundred And then places. we whittled it down. Yeah, so we've whittled it down and whittled it down. We've had some public uh, consultation sessions, I guess you could say, to try and uh, get, get a sense of what people are really passionate about. So Tara has a list. And it is a list that the local group has kind of pared down a little bit. So this is the the top, what? This is the top 13, 14 yeah. or so uh, yep. stories? Yeah. And, and t- I guess the reason behind that number is um, we've talked about on the show the Virtual Museums of Canada that we did, uh, the exhibit that we did last year with Grand Falls, Windsor. Um, so this year we're partnering with Bay, the Town of Bay Roberts and the Heritage Committee there <clears throat> to do a virtual museum based on those places in Bay Roberts. So we've got them to pare it down so we can kind of work with them to elicit memories from locals. Yeah. So they've ranked them, and we've got we've got those ranked uh, topics here. So what's what's number one on your list? So the top of the list uh, with sixty points, which they've kind of <laughs> <laughs> they rank them on their own kind of scale. Uh, but the top of the list is the coal shed history of the Daw businesses. Yeah. So uh, if you are familiar with Bay Roberts. Uh, these days, if you are in kind of the harbor proper, kind of out on the Coley's Point side, there's a big pile of salt. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've bought, you know, salt for your driveway uh, in Newfoundland, maybe you've bought Avalon uh, salt. It comes in the orange bags. You know, you might have sprinkled that on your driveway at some point. It comes out of Bay Roberts. Uh, and the Dawes are... A very historic name in the community. The Dawes have been there for a very long time. And they had a coal business. Uh, so people called that area the coal shed. Even if the the shed, the original coal yeah. shed, is no longer there. It's one of these great kind of names that we have in Newfoundland that refer to places that aren't necessarily there anymore. But people, older people, you might hear say, oh, down by the coal shed. And if you go looking for the coal shed, you'll never find it because uh, now it's a big pile of salt. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we're going to look at the merchant history there. Um, and Daw is still a very common name. I think there oh, were yeah. a couple there Daws. Was three, right? Wasn't there three Daws at <laughs> one of our meetings? A couple Daws at one of our meetings, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's kind of Daws and Mercers. It's all it's all those people there. So, that, so that'll be one. And, and I think that one rose to the top of the list just because the, that family name has been so... Uh, associated with the development of local business. Um, people are familiar with Chester Daw, like the, the, the hardware lumber uh, store. Like that is part of that kind of same family of, of, of uh, Daws. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. We're going to go have a chat with uh, some of the Daw family. Yeah, and I think it's something that's probably not really documented, uh, I guess, in this kind of a format. So it was one of the ones that they had at the top of the list. Yeah, yeah. So, that's, so that had kind of floated to the top. So that's number one. What's number two? So the second one on the list is Big Island or Fergus Island. Right. And Bay Roberts East. Bay Roberts East. Uh, uh, Bay Roberts East was one of the first places to be settled in Bay Roberts. So um, I think a, a number of sites have have already been kind of recognized by the town in that part of Bay Roberts. And uh, what is now known as Kelly's Island is that the island that Kind of looks like a Newfoundland dog from one. Yeah. yeah <laughs> if you look at it from a certain <laughs> angle, like it, it does look a bit like a Newfoundland dog. Um, and it was called Big Island. 
Newfoundland pretty is, original. <laughs> Newfoundlanders are pretty creative with some Cold of those. Coal shed, big island. Coal shed, big island. Uh, and uh, today it's uh, it's uninhabited, but uh, we've heard some interesting stories about that, about how people would go out for picnics uh, on the island. There was a, a Methodist or United Church school fairly close to Big Island, and, and they would row out and have their Sunday school picnics out there. And a great story about a Jackie lantern. lantern? Yeah. Do you know what a jackie lantern is? I do, but for Tell listeners, me. oh fuck! Okay, a jackie lantern is usually a light that's seen, oftentimes over a marsh, and there's stories associated with that. So there's usually it could be a fairy story associated with it, but it's usually a light that is seen over a marsh, and there's some sort of oftentimes people today will talk about how there's some sort of gas in marshes, and perhaps that's where the yeah. light comes from. But yeah. A what really, would you define a Yeah, I think that, that's pretty that's pretty good, though it's obviously a spirit. I, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying in today's <laughs> I have heard people say today that yes. perhaps uh, a jackal and it's interesting, it is one of these it's kind of a supernatural belief uh an item of supernatural belief in, in Newfoundland. And and when you try and pin down exactly what it is, um like a jackie lantern itself it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to define it uh, some people um will say it is a ghostly spirit like a spirit of the dead some people say it's more like um like a fairy kind of creature uh other people will say it's a, a weather light or something associated with natural phenomena so it it, it kind of depends on where you're from my father-in-law who was from Brigus saw uh, a jackie lantern as a boy, and he described it as a little fella, hmm. which is an interesting choice of words. Little fella is a West Country England, uh, I guess, euphemism for for a fairy creature. So, f- in his mind, it was kind of a fairy creature, but when he described it, he described it as a little ball of light. And Big Island is one of these sites that has um, has uh, a, a fairy light associated with it. John Widowson, who uh, was one of the early folklore profs uh, here at Memorial, in his PhD thesis, he has a story about the Jackie Lantern um, on that would hang out at the American Man. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the American Man. So what is the American Man? Uh, American Man, this is another great Newfoundland uh, term for a cairn of stones. And uh, there's several American men in, in Conception Bay. You can kind of see the remains of it uh, from the distance uh, on the top of Big Island there, Fergus Island. And it, it was uh, probably used for navigation. I mean, you, fishermen would use them for lining up, um, you know, so they could they could kind of triangulate their position. So lots of interesting stories there about, about Fergus Island, named after, again, a local merchant, a uh, local merchant family. Yeah, that was John Fergus from Glasgow. Yeah. Is that right? And he's got a fabulous tomb uh, we, a great box tomb there. Um, not not too far from Big Island. There's an old cemetery, lots of little cemeteries there uh, in in Bay Roberts, and and his box tomb is uh, a fabulous kind of you know, 19th century piece of uh, funerary architecture. You love good box box tomb. I love, <laughs> a, I love a, like a good a... box tomb. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't everyone? Yeah, actually, that was one of my favorite parts of going to St. Pierre because they're oh, all yeah. like. And the ones with the, like, you can see through them, like there's glass. We'll have to yeah. do like a, an episode that's our top 10 favorite graves. And we'll, 
I'll start making a list. Okay, but on onwards on our list here. What do we got next? Uh, next up is the Klondike. The Klondike, mm-hmm. which is you've crossed the Klondike, I'm sure. Yes. Which is the it's the bit of well, it's I guess the causeway, it's the causeway that kind of links um, Bay Roberts with Coley's Point. And there's lots of different kind of folklore about where the name the Klondike comes from. So if you have a theory. Let me know. You can email us at uh, livingheritagepodcast at gmail.com. I guess one of the theories is that it was a gold mine for the families. Yeah. But I'm sure there's other local <laughs> stories about that. Yeah, that people got paid cash to, to work on the, on the uh, causeway. So we'll, we'll get, we'll get yeah. to the bottom of that, that story. Uh, next up on the list is Adler's Chocolate Factory. Okay, now you are the Adler's chocolate <laughs> factory expert. You've been you've been digging into the delicious history of Adler's. Yeah, so I guess I've been doing some research at the Center for Newfoundland Studies uh, on Adler's, which was uh, a chocolate factory that was built in Bay Roberts. It was interesting going through the records and just seeing them expropriating all the land and getting the land to build this chocolate factory. And this was one of Joey's uh, schemes, kind of like the knitting mills or the the rubber factories, the glove factories. Um, and this one was for a chocolate factory. So he, uh, there was a man who was working with him. I think he was economic development officer, Guju. And he threw the jigs in the reels, uh, got in touch with Adler in London, um, actually went to visit, was in London anyway. Anyway, they met up and decided that uh, Adler should bring, dismantle his chocolate factory. Um, he purchased actually a, a factory over there, brought it over, set up shop. Um there are, <laughs> like many of those schemes, if anybody knows about them. <laughs> it didn't it last long. Didn't, yeah. No. Uh, I think it opened, it was announced in 1955, opened in 1956. There was kind of a, well, I was going to say a freak storm, but really it's Newfoundland. But there was a very heavy windstorm, which ripped the roof off the building. And I think that kind of took <laughs> the good out of the company. <laughs> yeah. And so it actually closed in uh, 1956. And then afterwards, it was really interesting looking through the records as to what they were going to do with it. So I think it actually closed with, uh, <laughs> well, uh, 891, $891,000 left on the loan. In debt. In yeah. debt, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're, <laughs> we'll, we'll explore that, that history a bit more. And, and one of the interesting things, one of the things that interests me about this was that you know, we were talking about uh, with the Klondike, but how rare it was sometimes for people to have jobs that paid them cash, cash. money, you know? Yeah. And when Adler's Chocolate Factory opened, they employed mostly young women. Um, and at that time, there weren't a lot of options for young women. You no. could be a teacher or a nurse or maybe work in a shop. Um, and so here was this chocolate factory, and all these young ladies got job as, as the chocolate girls in the in the factory. And, and some of those women are still alive. Yeah, so we're looking to talk to at least two of them. Yeah. And so if anybody knows yeah. a chocolate lady in your family, if you're a chocolate lady, If you've got a memory of yeah. Adler's Chocolate, buying an Adler's Chocolate bar. And they made, there was, I know they were there looking at. There was a commemorative. At, well, yeah, there's yeah. debate about the, there were some hockey themed <laughs> chocolate bars, <laughs> possibly. That might be a confusion in someone's memory. Um, and there was also a chatter uh, about. A, cho- chip a chip factory yeah. that they were going to open a chip factory, but I, I I don't know if they actually ever did. To the best of my knowledge and the research that I was doing, they they looked into it, they like priced it out, but it didn't actually open. And then with the roof coming off, they kind of yeah things yeah. just didn't 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 go off the ground after that. Okay, 
Next. Uh, so next up on the list is uh, Bennett's Rink or Fred Bennett's Rink. Yeah. So we're going to talk to Mr. Eric Daw about this. There, there's lots of stories about not just the Bennett's Rink, but about skating rinks, hockey rinks in, in general uh, in Bay Roberts. A really uh, kind of important part of local culture. You know, people were kind of hockey hockey mad in the early mid 20th century and onwards, like into the present. So it'll be interesting. interesting. I think we'll get some good. There's, I've seen some good photos of uh, the yeah. old uh, old hockey teams. And they're they're a pretty sports center town, not yeah, just even but today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and there and there's a there's a great photo of one of, one of the women's hockey teams. The I want to say Wolverines, but I don't know oh, if that's yeah. uh, I don't know if that's correct or not. Anyway, we'll, we'll, if we'll you, let you know. Yeah, if you can clarify, <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever played hockey in Bay Roberts, we want to know. All right. Uh, so next up is the railway station. Railway station, yeah. So now railway station is one that has already been designated. It's been designated by. Uh, the Heritage Foundation and by the town, but we're doing a bit more supplemental um, uh, research on that. Uh, and my goal is to kind of find some of the, you know, personal stories, the family stories, or interesting little tidbits of historical information about the railway station. Built, um, you know, in the early early years of the kind of the branch railway there. And, and the railway station was one of the reasons why Adler's Chocolate Factory set up shop um, and today Adler Place is very close to where the uh, where the railway station is um, because they wanted to be able to you know ship, ship, it, all it, all the, ship it all those chocolates on the train they even uh, this is a side note but back to the chocolate there was this kind of back and forth between the department of uh, the department of defense in Canada like well I guess we would have been a part of Canada just joined Canada but about making chocolate for the Department of Defense oh. what they needed the Department of Military like, rations I don't know why they needed the chocolate but I did take a uh, I did take a photocopy of that because I was like that's quite interesting yeah uh, so next up, we have uh, Juggler's Cove Cemetery. We were yep. talking earlier about cemeteries. Yeah, so we were talking about, you know, the, the earlier settlement kind of being at the east end of, of Bay Roberts. Uh, so Juggler's Cove, beautiful uh, walk. If, you, if you're looking for a place to go for a hike this summer, the, the, the Mad Rock area of Bay Roberts has beautiful heritage walking trails there. And Juggler's Cove has this really interesting little uh, little cemetery that's that the, the town has done some work to fence off, and so we're going to be kind of digging into the history <laughs> of uh, <laughs> the, the early inhabitants, the earls, and the different families uh, who who inhabited that now resettled uh, community. So, just out of curiosity, because I've done the Mad Rocks Trail, and I I'm not from Bay Roberts area, but I I've certainly visited and. I mean, I spent lots of summers out that way. But where is the Juggler's Cove Cemetery in relation to that walk? So if you it, – it depends which way you start the trail. So okay. if you go uh, – if you're starting from Mad Rock, if you drive right out yeah. to the Mad Rock uh, kind of end parking lot area and then everything's kind of off to your right, you're going to kind of go up over the hills and it's the, the first kind of valley down in. And if you're coming the other way up – from Big Island, Fergus Island, up along the trail, the the first community is uh, French's Cove, and then you come up um, uh, No Denial Path, where someone was apparently possibly killed by the fairies or died oh. up on there. Uh, that's a whole other story. And then you come down uh, and into this next little valley, and that's where uh, Juggler's Cove. Um, I've heard that Juggler's Cove was named because you kind of had to have a bit of acrobatic skill to get your boat in to the little harbor there. Interesting. So, yeah, but I'll that have to add be, that to my summer list. That might be uh, 
Who knows? <laughs> might be true. <laughs> might not. Uh, next up to something that's certainly true is the, well, the murder. So the murder case and the Mummer's murder gate. Yeah. So we, we've we um, we've had Joy Fraser on the podcast ages ago uh, talking about the research that she's been doing, uh, the links between Mummer and violence in the 19th century. Um, mummering is that Christmas tradition where people get dressed up, maybe have a bit too much to drink, and then beat their neighbors over the heads with a <laughs> sharp object. Is what was what, what, what happened in Jay Roberts in eighteen? 18- I think that's uh, perhaps an anomaly. Well, that one in, in particular was an anomaly. Yeah, but. so don't don't do that if you're going to the Mummers Parade this year. Um, but yeah, there was this murder case, this famous murder case that, uh, in part, was uh, the cause of mummering being banned for a very long time in. Newfoundland. Uh, the gate uh, to the laneway where the murder took place uh, still stands. So that, um, it's kind of a darker piece of local history, but it really is uh, a fascinating little um, spot and a fascinating little aspect of, 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 of a local event that really did have provincial ramifications. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and effects that kind of lasted and it's funny because it's almost like they lasted today because you'll talk to people and they'll think that mummering is still outlawed when yeah. it's not on the books anymore but like they will think that it is still yeah. outlawed in St. John's I, they'll say I hear that I hear people say oh yeah you, you know you, you know it's still illegal and I, and I say no you can safely go out now and threaten the mercers with whatever <laughs> instruments you want as a mummer uh, so next up is the Orange Lodge in uh, Shearstown the Orange Lodge in Shearstown. Yes. So this is a fair, this is not the original Orange Lodge building, right? This, this is a, a more modern building, but it has this really fascinating tradition associated with it. And that's the, the bands. So yeah. they have a brass band, um, which I guess was pretty common for lodges, not only the Orange Lodge, but other kind of uh, social meeting spaces like that. Um, but it's not so common anymore. It's not oh. something that people have kept up and it's one of those places where there's kids and it's a yeah, pretty active band it is. itself. And we I drove by at one point and there were all these people coming out, all these young people with instruments and the flag was flying from the LOL and uh, yeah so I'm, I'm kind of really intrigued by that one because it is another one of these examples of the past really kind of staying alive and moving into the future and they have somehow managed to, to keep it engaging for young people so I, I'm looking forward to doing research on that one. Yeah I think that one will be quite interesting. Uh, next up, we have Muddy Hole, which is also in the Shearstown area. And that was kind of one of the prosperous parts of Shearstown. Um, it's kind of a trading place and a place where uh, communities would go and buy supplies. But today, it's kind of what the it's name kind of, says. Yeah, it's kind of abandoned. Yeah. yeah. And there's a, there's a rumor that that was where so- the first commercial sausage making yes. happened. So yeah. <laughs> we don't know if that's true. Again, at this point, it's a lot of these stories. We don't know if they're true or not, but we're going to be, we're going to be exploring. Yeah, got to find out. Um, and then we have another Shearstown site. Yeah, so I guess the other Shearstown site are the shops and stores. So there's a cluster kind of near the Anglican church in Shearstown. Uh, so again, we don't know a whole lot about these sites. These are sites that were told to us. So if you know about, uh, Bert Dwyer's shop, Doc Store, Roy Saunders, Jim and Marcy Earls. Those are all ones that we're, we're looking for information on. And I'm, sure for lots, and I'm sure lots of local people have, have memories. Those, those old shops really kind of generate a lot of nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, we did a whole project on shops in Port Blanford, and there was there's something like 44 40, on, yeah, on the... Yeah, in just a tiny little community. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. 
Uh, so next up is the Little John Little John's Forge. Little John's Forge, which I'm really excited about because I have a family connection to Little John's and I don't really know much about them. Um, I know that the very first Little John's uh, came over as agents or working somehow with Newman Company, like the, of Newman's Port fame. Um, and Mr. Little John had a, had a longstanding forge there. Um, forges were really an important part of rural life, you know, because if you needed a tool made or fixed or you needed your, your pony shoed or, or whatever, needed a grapnel for your boat, you would go to the local blacksmith. So we're gonna, hopefully we're gonna interview his son, who's still alive. Yeah. And then the last one that's on our list is the Earl Family Grant. Yeah. So and it's in Country Road. In Country Road, which is a, another part of Bay Roberts. Bay Roberts is an interesting community because it's a bunch of communities that have kind of amalgamated together. Um, and Country Road is one of those. The Earls who used to live down in Juggler's Cove at some point got a grant of land to shift everything up and become farmers up on Country Road. Um, so that, that's kind of a nice way to end, um, that, that story to, to show the shift from one end of town and kind of a change from maybe the, uh, the more fishery based history to a more agricultural history. So that'll be, that'll be fascinating to dig into as well. Anyway, Tara, uh, good luck. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if people have information, they can they can reach out to you, Tara at heritagenl.ca. Next up, we've got uh, Rachel Green. Rachel Green is our new researcher who is part of a project that we're running this summer in cooperation uh, with the Craft Council mm-hmm. of Newfoundland and Labrador. So welcome, yeah. Rachel. Welcome to the team. Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, and your background, you're an archaeology student. Yes. Archaeology geography. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're one of the projects that you're going to be working on with us is a history of 275 Duckworth Street. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so that and this is where the Craft Council is now. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been you've been doing a little bit of research into the various types of businesses that occupied that space over the years. So what what was the building used for originally? Um, so originally um, the building uh, was uh, the Newfoundland Clothing Company, um, and we think they started building that 1908 to, uh, and they were finished 1911. Uh, after the clothing company moved out, it was then, uh, the telegram. Uh, and I think it was the telegram till, uh, 1981. Um, maybe these dates aren't exact, but it's just what we think as of right now. Um, and then after that, um, it's kind of questionable what was there. There were a few um, little things in yeah. there, possibly, yeah, in the in the eighties, yeah. Yeah, maybe the idea of a a place called the Dallas Lounge. You found, yeah, you found an ad for a happy yeah, hour. Yeah, <laughs> which we had no idea that was even there, so it's and then, interesting. And then, so I put that on Facebook, and then someone responded and said, "I don't remember the Dallas Lounge, but I remember the Reporter." Yeah, which we've never which heard I've of never that heard before. Of, which so. was a nightclub, apparently. Yeah. So we're looking for people who are going to nightclubs in the '80s <laughs> to tell us stories about what was happening there. And then it was uh, Compu College. Compu yeah. College. So Until lots about twenty. 10, maybe? Yeah, so lots of people will have memories of the Compu College yeah. uh, days, and now it's the Craft Council. So mm-hmm. uh, you're, you've been engaged by the Craft Council to, to um, research some of the history, and then, and then what's going to happen with that information? Uh, well, we are hoping to create a report, like a historical report on the building, and in the, the future, we hope to create... Um, some kind of storyboards as such, um, if we can get enough information. Um, 
basically breaking it down to every level of the building, kind of um, reciting what happened um, and um, yeah, when, basically. So like a timeline of what di- was going on. And different things happened on different yeah. floors. I, I know when it was the, uh, the Newfoundland Clothing uh, Company, there was a cardboard box store in, yes, the, in the basement. Yes, that was in the basement, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then upstairs were... Uh, uh, tailoresses, these uh, <laughs> young women sewing suits, and you found some great advertisements yeah, for we, the suits as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the digital archives, I found a lot of great ads, and there uh, it's definitely um, you know a mixture of different ads and um, for suits and um, some ads on the building. So it's kind of interesting just going back through them and seeing how they change throughout time. So So you're looking for anyone who worked in that building at any point. Yeah, so um, I hope to find um, anyone who's worked in the building um, at any point. Yeah, exactly. And um, Or if you know anybody, any information would help out. so great. So. Yeah. And your email is craft at heritagenl.ca. Yeah, that's right. And you'll be there all summer so people can uh, send you their memories of working at 275 Duckworth. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Awesome. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this episode, this week's episode of Living Heritage Podcast. Um, if you have a memory of any of those sites in Bay Roberts or know anything about the 275 Duckworth Street building, give us a shout. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at HFNLCA or send us an email, livingheritagepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>